0: This message was presented at the GYC 2017 conference, Arise, in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.
1: Amen and hallelujah. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Good morning and happy Sabbath, GYC. How are you this morning? How are you this morning? Are you blessed? hallelujah i have with me here this morning a wonderful person his name is doug venn and he is the director of global mission urban center mission to the cities of, of the general conference and as you know gyc is a mission movement Amen. we want to finish Amen. the work in this generation by god's grace and by making ourselves available to the holy spirit to shine the glory of god through us with everybody what do you say Amen. 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 Pastor Doug, tell us about Missionary work in the world and what we can do to hasten the coming of the Lord. Well, Pastor Jonathan, it's awesome to be
2: here at GYC and to see uh, not only in your sermon, Pastor Mo uh, Mois, at the uh, start of GYC, to actually kick that direction and that focus on going to the unreached people groups of the planet, whether they're in the cities or here uh, at home and uh, or and abroad. So it's so exciting uh, to see on how God is igniting the young people of today to actually uh, answer the call for mission
1: praise god we are so excited to co-labor with the lord because god has a ministry for each and every one of us for how many each and every one of us everyone is a missionary if you love jesus you're a missionary And if you don't love Jesus, I hope you fall in love with him today as you hear wonderful testimonies. Pastor Doug, what are we going to be hearing today about in Sabbath school? Well,
2: uh, I love how Jesus uh, gives us the example. And there in Matthew uh, chapter 9, we read that uh, Jesus, where did he go? He went both to the villages and to the cities. So that's what we're going to hear about today. So we have four teams who are on the front line of mission. And we're going to be excited to hear their stories of how God has been working in their life. The challenges, the prayer opportunities, as well as then ways that young adults and young at heart can actually engage
1: in that front line mission. You know, if you have uh, some extra time and you don't want to watch something stupid on YouTube, you want to see something really good. You want or, to watch? Or on 3ABN. Or on 3ABN. There's a wonderful opportunity to watch a show called I Want This City. And it's featuring none other than Doug Wen, who has been a frontline missionary for many, many years. And you're going to be inspired for missionary service. Pastor Doug. Who is going to be leading out in a first, uh, the first presentation this morning? Well, I'm so happy that uh,
2: GYC flew from the jungles of Indonesia, Captain Gary Roberts, and who is a mission pilot with Adventist Aviation Indonesia. And so we look forward to hearing uh, the call as well as the stories of the front line uh, there in the foreign
1: mission field. Wonderful. Please keep, in, keep this program in your prayer and pray that the Holy Spirit will touch your heart to see maybe you are called to do some kind of urban or jungle mission today. God bless you.
3: Welcome aboard Adventist Aviation Indonesia. It's my pleasure to welcome you this morning, and I hope that you'll enjoy our flight to the jungles of New Guinea. I say that I have the best job in the world because I get to see what God is doing on the front lines in this planet. Unfortunately, there's also many challenges that we get to experience, and I want to share some of those with you this morning. As we go to New Guinea, the second largest island in this world, we're going to go to the western half, which belongs to the country of Indonesia. I'm going to take you to a new village. An airplane has never landed there before. As we circle overhead and look at the jungle and look at the small clearing that's been cleared for us, finally I determine that it's safe to land. We land, and as we roll out and shut down the engine, the entire village swarms around the airplane. They're excited to see that after five years of work in their village, that finally the airplane has come. They almost drag me out of my seat from the plane. They're so excited to see me there. And they're dancing and singing and jumping around the airplane with their bows and arrows drawn at me. In excitement, of course. But I hope they don't release. And then it all gets deathly quiet. They turn and they look at me. And finally, an older gentleman steps forward and he says are you a Seventh-day Adventist? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, we are too. An airplane has never been to their village, but they're Seventh-day Adventists. And I said, how did that happen, brother? And he said, well, about two years ago, a missionary pastor from Papua New Guinea hiked over here, and he tried to tell us about the gospel, but we wouldn't listen to him. He was sick with malaria. He left discouraged Because he could not convince them. But after he left, the best hunting dog in their village. Every Sabbath morning would come and run through the village. And the people would follow him thinking that he was going to hunt. But no, he was leading people to the place where the pastor had been meeting with them. After a few times like this, the people finally realized, this dog is keeping the Sabbath. (laughs) And the best hunting dog in the village is no longer eating pork. So if this dog can keep the Sabbath and stop eating pork, so can we. As I take off from this village and go to visit some missionaries at our next destination, I get a call to pick up a nine-year-old girl who's very sick up in the mountains. As we go to land on the side of the mountain that's about 23% slope touchdown area, I go up to the turnaround and stop the plane. And look, there's a crowd off to the left side, and I walk over there and as I come, the crowd parts and I go into where the mother is with the young daughter. And as I come close, I realize it's too late. The girl has just died beside the runway waiting for help. It's too late, friends. We don't have all the time in the world. People are dying while they're waiting for help. This village had been calling me, asking me to come for about two months to their village, but With more than 3,000 villages to serve, we just don't have all the help that we need. We could use a thousand teachers tomorrow, a thousand nurses tomorrow, could go to each of these villages, but we don't have the help yet. It's the truth, it's the reality. As I leave that village, I pause before I take off just thinking, God, what is the devil doing here? You've called us, but we haven't responded. We're too late. As I go to the next village to visit some of our missionaries that we placed there, I called for two strong men to come and work in one of the most remote villages. But they sent me two young ladies. And I thought, God, how can I take these ladies to one of the most remote villages on this island? But that's who God sent, and that's who we took. I tried to visit them as often as I could because I thought, you know, I have to help them. I have to keep track of them. But, you know, these two girls, not a single complaint. Through hardship, lack of food, stings from various insects, they were serving God. And you know what? One of them had just been baptized into the Christian faith and she was out there serving God, even her parents didn't know that she was a missionary. As a result of their work, of course, there's always challenges in a village like that that's been surrounded by the devil himself. And so there's opposition. But as these girls worked, God sent His angel to come and confirm their work. The ladies had given to one of the the ladies in the church or in the, in the village there, they had given her a book. She had taken it to her small hut. Of course, most people there can't really read, but it's kind of a token gift. And in the night, this lady woke up with a book glowing. She couldn't understand why. She was sitting there looking at the glowing book, the bright light, and then suddenly an angel appears in front of her and says, these missionaries that are here in your village are here to teach you that Jesus is coming soon. And you can trust them. You can listen to them. See, friends, we're living in a time when God is just waiting for us to work. He's waiting for us to go to the ends of the earth. Places in the big cities, we need to go. Places where roads don't exist, where the only way to get around is by airplane, we still need to go. And God has called you and he's called me as a result of these young ladies working in this village After a few months, 23 souls were baptized and a church is being built there. As a result of people following the call of God in their lives. Angels are standing on the precipice in heaven, waiting to come and help us, says the spirit of prophecy. All of heaven is ready to come to your help and my help to spread the news that Jesus is coming soon. But angels are waiting for you and for me. Are you going to answer that call? Thank you.
4: Isn't that exciting to see what God is doing in Indonesia? The Holy Spirit is working. Angels are working. God is doing amazing things. He's also working in Pennsylvania Conference. I'm Gary Gibbs, the president of the conference.
5: I'm Andrew Carroll. I'm a small business owner and a church planter in Allentown, Pennsylvania.
4: Andrew, what got you into church planting?
5: Well, I heard about a program that my church conference was starting, and I had just come off of a summer canvassing program called Pennsylvania Youth Challenge, and I was so excited to do more work for the Lord that I heard about this project and I said, wow, this is something I have to get involved with.
4: So what's the name of the church plant you're doing? It's called Simplicity. And what, you, what are you doing? What's your, you have a unique approach to church planting.
5: That's right. We have a community center in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where we are directly serving the community. They can walk into our building and see what we're doing. We can serve them. We have programs, classes, and especially children's programming. And it's all based off of something called the Ephesus model. Now, this is something that was taught by Jesus. Paul did it. Uh, Mrs. White talked about it extensively in her years about city ministry. And it was something that the early church was heavily involved with. We've heard of things like the beehive in San Francisco. And this is all part of a unified special model for urban ministry that we can all be a part of.
4: So you're working in a team with a couple dentists and other business people.
5: That's right. We have a community nurse, those dentists. I, myself, am a freelance graphic designer, and I work with the program. And you have Bible workers. There's Bible workers.
4: And so tell us, you have this book, it says The Ephesus Model. Tell us about the book.
5: Well, this book is about how we can all come together and go through a systematic, unified, holistic plan for city ministry, how all of our ministries can come together and be involved.
4: There's a vast mission field right here in America. In Pennsylvania, three out of four persons live in a metro area. We have 13 million population, so about 9 million of them live in metro areas, and you're in one of the, I think, the third largest metro area in the state of Pennsylvania. Tell us about somebody whose life has been impacted that illustrates this Ephesus model.
5: Well, even before we had a community center, we were out in the community surveying and assessing the needs of people, and... It was a divine appointment. We came across somebody who gave us a call and said, Hey, I found one of your cards on our doorstep, and we've just been through a house fire, and we need clothing, we need items, so what can you do for us? So we said, yes, well, we'll be glad to help you out. We got to know them. We started building a long-lasting relationship with them. Turns out they needed an air conditioner. We had an air conditioner ministry at the time. And eventually, when we opened up our physical community center, we were able to invite their children to programming uh, and just to be a part of what we had started. And so eventually... We came to open up our own, our very own mission style school where children can come to for free and receive an Adventist education for free. We have 12 students right now from grades five through eight, and it's just a blessing to see these young children growing through that. And so, uh, the story is that one of these children uh, has come into this program through this family, and she receives an education that is unlike anything else. And I've seen her grown uh, being personally involved with the school and to see her have opportunities that she otherwise would not have because of the low income area and the school system there. It's not great quality. So to see her receive a quality of education that's unlike anything else, she's just grown in many ways.
4: And coming to Christ, the family's now taking Bible studies. Can you say amen? So it's coming alongside people, developing relationships with them and being able through multiple avenues to lead them to Christ. But not only is this impacting the community, the area, the cities where there wouldn't be a church otherwise, this type of ministry impacts us as we get involved. As a young adult, how has this impacted you being involved in a church plant?
5: Well, like I said, I, I, I got started kind of not knowing uh, what exactly to do, but then I heard about this project. And for me, I've grown personally because I've gotten to form these relationships with people. It's not something short-term. It's something that God wants us to do for the long term, just like Paul was in Ephesus for three years and built those relationships. I personally have grown spiritually to the point that I said, Hey, wow, this is how the Holy Spirit is working in my life. I know that I need to be rebaptized, so I was rebaptized baptized for this program. And I came to an understanding of the Holy Spirit and God's work, and especially the gospel work for this time, and it's just blessed me tremendously.
4: Can you say amen to that? You know, sometimes our spiritual life is just really ho-hum. It's very mediocre, and the missing ingredient is being involved in the work of God. And, and while may God may call some people to go overseas, he's calling many of us to bloom right where we're planted, to make a difference in these urban areas. Folks, I believe Jesus is coming soon, don't you? I mean, you just Amen. look at what's happening in our world right now, and people are looking for hope. They're looking for purpose and meaning. And we've got to reach them. When you go in the malls and you see thousands of people walk by you, or you drive through a city and you see tens and hundreds of thousands of people, they are either heaven-bound or hell-bound. Everybody's going to go one of those two places. We can help them find paradise, amen? We can help them find Jesus Christ. It's a daunting challenge. At times we wonder, how can we do it? Will I say the right thing? Will I do the right thing? All we need to do is make the first decision and say, Lord, send me. I want to be used by you. And then God will put into motion experiences like what Andrew has had, where he comes into community with a team that's passionate about reaching the lost. And then he'll grow you. He'll bless you like Andrew has been blessed. And this is what we're doing in Pennsylvania Conference. It's not only Allentown Andrew. There's Pittsburgh. There's Philadelphia. Three out of four people in the state of Pennsylvania live in one of these huge metro areas. And when we look at the, the ratio of Adventist to non-Adventist, there's a huge work to be done. So we're calling for an army of young people to come to Pennsylvania to work with us. We'll train you how to get Bible studies. We're looking for medical professionals. We've got a wonderful medical organization called Adventist Whole Health Network that is working in concert with medical professionals and others to advance the work of God. If you want to do something more than jab people with needles, but you want to inject them with the gospel, Pennsylvania is your place for that. Come to Pennsylvania, work with us. If you're an entrepreneur, you want to start a business, you want to do maybe a health outreach, a health food store, a restaurant That's the place to come. We'll work with you in team. We're looking to put together the type of teams,
5: Andrew. You mentioned the Ephesus model illustrates. That's right. We want to start an ecosystem of contact points so that people can see this is who God's people are. We are people who love people and want to form long-lasting relationships so they can see the love of God through us. In Pittsburgh, John Kent is working
4: in an amazing uh, way. He's in the city of... uh, Carnegie, you'd know it as Carnegie, and he's there. He's working with uh, the population base. There is a high opioid epi- epidemic right there, and he's working with that group. He's connected with the mayor and the police chief and leading uh, people in the community. And he's planted a church there. People are, are finding freedom from the addictions they have. They're being baptized. They're leading out, and now that's spawning. And John's vision there is to plant 50 of these churches in the metro area. So it's within walking distance of people coming to it. Is that too big of a vision? God can do it, can't he? God can do it. And so we need an army. We need thousands of people to come to Pennsylvania and help us reach that place. Thank you for your prayers. And may God bless you as you are used by him.
6: Good morning. My name is Ted Huskins, and I'm a missionary to New England. I've come here this morning to tell you that the cradle of Adventism is nearly empty. Mm. You folks know where the Adventist church started, correct? started in New England. In the 1830s, 1840s, the Adventist movement began to sweep through the Northeast. By the 1870s, our best and our brightest had left New England to start the Seventh-day Adventist church all around the world. People like James and Ellen White left Maine. Jay and Andrews left Maine. The Bordeaux brothers left Vermont. Many of the Farnsworths left New Hampshire to go as missionaries so that the Adventist movement and the Adventist message could be shared and heard all around the world. But today, the cradle of Adventism is nearly empty. According to George Barna, northern New England is the most post-Christian place in the entire United States. We have a slide on the screen for you. I'm going to tell you what that means. In the little town where I live, Kennebunkport, Maine, maybe you've heard of it, George and Barbara Bush spend their summers there. The little town I live in, there are a number of churches. Of the churches in the little town that I live in, one has become a museum. One has uh, been turned into condominiums. A third is an art gallery. A fourth is called Aquaholics, and it's a, a surf shop. Only one, town, one church in my town actually serves as a church. And you will see that all over New England. The little churches like this one that we have right here are empty. They're empty. Down the street from the conference office, the two church buildings that were originally church buildings closest to our office, one is now a youth center, the other is a Hindu temple. That is northern New England. We are the most secular part of the United States. 57% of the city of Portland is post-Christian. Post-Christian, that means that they don't go to church, they don't believe in the Bible, they don't pray, they may be atheist or agnostic, they're far from God. To help you understand what 57% of the population being post-Christian means, the city of Chattanooga, Tennessee is 18% post-Christian over half of our population is very far from God, and they have no interest in God, Christianity, or the Bible. So how do we reach those folks? Well, we're doing it through two different ways. One is through uh, starting centers of influence. The second way that we're doing it is by starting church plants with young adults who we are training in cross-cultural evangelism to enter in... And reach people right where they're at to understand the postmodern, post Christian mind and win people with the love of Jesus. Amen. Representing uh, those efforts today is Tony Caffori. Tony is one of our church planters and he is the director of our center of influence, the Ark and Olive Branch Cafe. Tony, tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
7: Well, first of all, I want to let everybody here know that I am jacked up and so excited to share how God is working at the Center of Influence in Lewiston, Maine. It is amazing to see what God's doing. Not only are we a vegan cafe during the lunch hours, and mind you, our task is to show the community that you can actually eat healthy and it doesn't taste like cardboard. (laughs) Uh, But the other thing, too, is we're known as the Ark ministry, because in the evenings we have all these different classes and programs that are designed specifically to meet the needs of the community. And there's so many different needs that they have. Now, I could be here all day explaining all the different classes we've done the last three years. Don't worry, I'm not going to bore you. (laughs) But I do want to share a couple because it's just amazing what God has done. Now, this might be a stereotype. People in Maine, we're a little different. You know, we like to play in the woods, which means a lot of people have Lyme's disease. So we have a Lyme's disease support group. We have many different types of um, food programs where we teach people how to cook healthy and they're free. We have all these different types of health seminars. And again, the purpose of the seminars is to show that you can actually heal the body by following the principles of the Bible. Praise the Lord for that, right? We have Bible studies on a weekly basis. We have um, seminars, prophecy seminars that we've done. God has blessed the center of influence so much. Don't miss this point that just a little over a year ago, we just planted a church in Lewiston, Maine. Praise the Lord for that. And I just want to share really quickly a story. It's going to be real quick. Tina came to a um, Lyme disease support group three years ago. Long story short, She developed relationships with people. She actually, that trust factor happened and people pointed her and encouraged her to go to a prophecy seminar. She went to that seminar. She accepted Jesus Christ as her savior and she's part of the church plant in Lewiston and it all stems from the center of influence. So praise the Lord.
6: Also with me on the stage is Natalia Ohm. Natalia, tell us about yourself.
8: I serve um, in the planter support group to um, assess, encourage, and guide church planters in northern New England. Did you know that Ellen White said in manuscript 29, there is earnest work to be done in the eastern states. Repeat the message, repeat the message where the word spoken to me over and over again. Tell my people to repeat the message in the places where it was first preached and where church after church took its position for the truth. There are towns in Maine that must be worked faithfully. All through the cities and towns of the east, the truth is to shine forth as the lamp that burneth. God has taken a hold of my life and called me from the corporate world to Maine. And there is no greater gift than to know where God would have you be and what he would have you do. And we're also told that every truly converted soul will be intensely desirous to bring others from the darkness of error into the marvelous light of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I pray that all of us will be converted today.
6: Amen. Thank Thank you. you, Natalia. Thank you so much. I want to share with you this evening, or this morning, excuse me, that God is doing something amazing in northern New England. We're the most secular part of America, and yet God is working and I want to encourage you to do something significant with your life. Don't, do, don't take the easy path. Don't take the straight path. Take the path where God is calling you to really make a difference, to change the population of heaven for all eternity. You can do that with your life and with your commitment. The three of us have made that commitment in our own lives to do it. Won't you come to northern New England and join us? We're praying for you. Praise God for the
9: church planting project in the New England northern states. I'm Dr. John Turquato, and I'm with Pastor Wayne Cablano. We have two of our team. This is Lisa Crum and Camelin Clayville. And we're to tell you a little bit about Total House Spokane today. Um, Lisa, can you tell us just a little bit about the Total House Spokane church planting project?
10: Essentially, Total Health Spokane is a, an evangelistic campaign uh, two years long following the model of company evangelism outlined in the Spirit of Prophecy Um, in our outreach we generally too often focus on one or the other um, either sharing intellectual truth or focusing on helping people physically but we rarely bring the two together and we're told in the Spirit of Prophecy that the union of Christ-like work for the body and Christ-like work for the soul is the true interpretation of the gospel Pastor Wayne Cablano and Dr. John Turquato are a pastor-physician team who are committed to to this combined gospel medical evangelism. We will soon have a medical clinic located inside our church. And when a patient comes in and sees Dr. Turquato with a lifestyle condition, we have a team of medical ministers available to essentially run a virtual sanitarium in their home. Our medical ministers have daily contact with the patient We bring church members with us. Since this is a two-year project, we want to make the impact lasting by actually bringing church members with us um, to ensure that the impact is going to be lasting. We're essentially catalysts to help jumpstart church members into building intentional, close relationships with the people. As we build ongoing and supportive relationships, their hearts open to the gospel and to the special truths that God has, has given us for these times. This is a health ministry that is not bait and switch. What we are winning them with is what we are winning them to. We win them with the love of God, and we win them to the love of God. As soon as they are won, we engage them in our ministry, and they grow in their knowledge of the truth alongside with us as they're working alongside with us
9: excellent thank you can you expand a little more about what we're trying to accomplish and is it really just all about Spokane
10: Washington definitely not Um, it's basically a um, an experiment in where we are in Spokane Washington um, we're wanting to finish the gospel commission we're wanting to make disciples as Christ has called we're seeking to establish a new body of believers in our local church in Spokane but also we're experimenting putting into practice this council that we've been given and um, creating a model that can be reproduced in other cities around the nation and around the world along with the personal ministry in the patient's homes we have weekly health lectures running parallel with evangelistic meetings we'll also be incorporating canvassing soon um our goal is to make this a church culture a way of life not just an event so that's the model that we're trying to establish where we are and we hope that it can be spread around the world as well
9: excellent now lisa can you tell us how did you get uh, how did god lead you into this work yourself
10: well growing up overseas in a missionary family my parents had a, a clinic overseas and that really inspired me with the effectiveness effectiveness of medical ministry. I saw it firsthand. And when I heard of Total Health Spokane and learned that they were wanting to follow the Spirit of Prophecy model for company evangelism, I became really excited. And after seeking God's direction, I believed he was calling me to join the team. Um, this meant leaving my job, which I really enjoyed, and committing two years of my life as a, as a volunteer to medical, to, as a medical minister volunteer. Um, I had to fundraise as if I were going overseas for two years um, for my basic necessities. But praise God, just recently, God has helped me meet my fundraising goal through the um, donations and monthly pledges of family and friends. So it's been a very powerful experience for me so far. I have never experienced so much prayer in my life as we've been working together as a team. It's been the devil has not been happy with the work. We've come up to obstacles, but as we have taken these obstacles to God through fasting and prayer, oftentimes much prayer, we have seen God overcoming these obstacles and changing lives. It's been an amazing experience so far.
9: Excellent. Thank you. Now, Camelin, you have been assigned a patient in Total house Spokane. Uh, can you tell us a story to illustrate uh, the work that you are doing?
0: When I started working with Mary, she was struggling with her blood sugars. Uh, Blood sugars should be about uh, uh, below 100. Hers was in the 400s, and uh, so she decided to be part of our four-month intensive program. I was in her house five days a week um, helping her with whatever needs she had, be it cooking with her, exercising together, or uh, just talking about her struggles. Each time I interacted with her, I worked on pointing her to God's power to show uh, that she can overcome any obstacles through his power. When she started the program, she considered herself a Christian, but it had been an on-off relationship with God. Um, But as we started getting into God's word, she started realizing that she didn't have the cravings that she used to have. Uh... In the past few months, there have been struggles. But I can tell you today, last week, her blood sugars were 98 and 94. And she's off most of her medications. Uh, when we asked her, what her strength, where she got her strength, she said it was through the power of God and the love she saw through me. Uh, she said uh, we could share the story to you guys, because she wanted to see if you guys uh, would be uh, that you guys would be encouraged to be a part of God's work, um, bringing, connecting sick and hurting people with the power of God and loving them unconditionally. These two things, love uh, the power of God and love and support from others, doesn't just affect the patients. It has changed my life too.
9: Amen. Thank you so much, Camelyn. Now, Wayne. How does Total House Spokane relate to GYC?
11: God has made a special promise to us as a people through his servant. It goes like this. When the cities, when the what? That's right. When the what? All right. When the cities are worked, and then there's a qualification, as God would have them. How would God have the cities worked? Christ's method of what? Alone. When the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be setting in the operation of a mighty, what? Mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. This mighty movement is none other than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the latter rain. This must take place before Jesus comes. Let me ask you, how many here want to be part of that mighty movement today? Let me see your hands. Praise the Lord. I'm convinced that God has raised up GYC to fulfill that mighty movement. God can use anyone in this work. You, you don't have to be a doctor or nurse or a medical professional. Anyone. You don't have to be a pastor or a teacher or a Bible worker. The only qualification is that your heart is full of the love of Jesus and your life is surrendered fully to God. We have five full-time workers now, but we are praying for 20. you 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 are called to this moment at
2: the age of 19 i heard a call like this and i answered that call That took me to the South Pacific Islands of Palau. And there I worked as a student missionary through the Adventist volunteer services that we have today. And at that time, my life was changed. I was wanting to be a physician and to make money. So God had to align through that mission experience, align my motives, align my heart for his mission. And there God gave me a vision a vision of the world, and I saw tears of God falling on the world, and his call came to me personally, saying, who will go? So at the age of 19, God reoriented my trajectory of my life and to help me to go into gospel ministry and to have a heart for foreign mission as well as then uh, to uh, have a heart for the urban mission as well. As we see how Christ worked here in this scripture, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. How did Jesus work when he was on this planet? And I love this. Let's start with verse 38 first. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. This is where, GYC, I want to remind you the power for mission comes from where? From prayer, for aligning like he did in my heart, in my life, when I was a young adult, there, uh, a university student coming from Walla Walla University, he aligned me for his call, for his mission, and that was through prayer. So thus, I see as next week starts uh, with this new year, all around the globe we're doing this 10 days of prayer initiative. Wouldn't it be great to see the GYC leadership and the thousand young people who are part of the prayer room this morning give that same kind of leadership and passion at their local churches to ignite not only our hearts, but to realign for God's mission to the nations, God's mission to the cities. I'm so so blessed on Jesus gives us that call. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. You notice there that the harvest is truly great and truly plentiful. But how does Jesus describe it? The workers are few. So that why, that's why I'm here to make this appeal. Is God calling you to go to one of these four places? Is God calling you to serve in overseas? We heard powerful stories from uh, Captain Gary Roberts. He's looking for a thousand teachers, a thousand nurses. He also is looking for airplane pilots and mechanics to join him there and to, to serve to reach the unreached nations and languages and the people groups of that part of the world. Is God calling you today? We also see here in this scripture that in verse 35, where did Jesus go? It's interesting what the Bible says there. Jesus says in verse 35, he went about to all the cities and villages. Unfortunately, as an Adventist family, we have forgotten where Jesus has gone. Instead, we're like those disciples still looking up to heaven, watching those clouds, waiting for Jesus to come. Instead, Jesus is asking us to go where? Where does the Bible say he went? He went to the cities. Unfortunately, as an Adventist family, we are allergic to city work. And unfortunately, because of uh, generations of a biased uh, compilation, we as a people have forgotten Jesus' example. We have also forgotten the beautiful plan that God has given in the spirit of prophecy for holistic, ongoing, beautiful work to work the cities. So this afternoon, after church, we will give to those here, thanks to a partnership with the White Estate and Pacific Press, we will give this compilation to you, Ministry to the Cities. So then that way you can explore for yourselves on how is God calling, what is the call to have this beautiful plan. And today you heard the stories from the streets of North America. You heard the streets of working together in teams, pastor, physician, creativity, unleashing the young people. You also heard the, this, uh, the, the beautiful plans there and, and the fruits of making disciples through church planting and starting new groups of believers. And that line of work, I'm so excited to you know, be a part of that expansion of GYC's radar for mission and church planting. I know that we've been given counsel in the spirit of prophecy that there is a time to leave the cities. But when is that? What is the sign? And that's where we, we as people of Bible prophecy, we understand it's when, this, uh, when the laws of the land restrict the religious freedom. So has that day come yet? So, dear ones, let us then follow Christ's example, the example of the apostles and the example of our Adventist pioneers to answer the call that you heard today from these urban missions. GYC didn't let me, that we only could invite three today from the streets of North America. Otherwise, I would have, we could have heard from New York City or from Florida or from your city. Yeah, and Mississippi as well, doctor. Thank you we look here another thing that was going on how did Jesus work when he went both to the cities and to the villages we can't have binary thinking as a family it's not either or it's both and notice how Jesus worked there he did preaching and healing he did teaching and then he uh, ministering to the illnesses so today we must have a combined, blended ministry. And that's what, I, I hope you saw that in the examples here today. That we must not separate what God has joined together. Otherwise, we will face the worst evil. And thank you, Dave Fiedler, for writing about that in your book, DeZozo. How is God calling you Today? We must follow Christ's example to go where he goes, to have uh, his feet and have our hands just like Jesus, to actually touch the lives of people. But notice what else the Bible says there. Verse 36, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with what? Do you have compassion for those who who are unlike you? I remember there in Bangkok when we were church planting there for the six years that our family was there working on the streets. We worked in the slums thanks to the sacrifice of the world church family funding our 23 church plants there across the city that you can join me in that, um, in that journey through the TV show I Want This City. I remember seeing people who would have no hope unless our missionaries were there. And we had missionaries from all around the world, New Zealand, the Island of Man in the UK. We had Canadians even come join us. And young adults, young people just like you here at GYC, young professionals who took some time out of their career or out of their studies join us there in the church planting initiative. I remember one time when the young adults came to one slum and we saw one lady and we went to visit her in this just shack and we saw rats, huge rats crawling all over, not only her back, but all in that area. And this group of stockbrokers, of insurance agents and of accountants, they were moved to tears. Why? Because they had the heart of Jesus. They had his heart for the lost. And they had his heart of compassion. Do you have that heart for those who've never heard? For the unreached language groups that are filling our cities here in North America. This is a divine opportunity for us to answer that call to go to the nations. They are here. But at the same time, we must be sending and answering the call to go overseas to those unreached cities, those unreached jungles, just like you heard from Captain Gary Roberts. Will you answer the call today? Is there a group of entrepreneurs, social workers, medical professionals, graphic designers, Bible workers, or teachers who will answer the call to go to Pennsylvania or to Upper Columbia Conference in Spokane or to go to northern New England to start an urban center of influence. Where does that idea come from? That comes from Jesus and his model from the Apostle Paul as well as from our Adventist history. Read about that beautiful plan to make disciples meeting the needs just like Jesus did following Christ's method alone here in this book that you will be distributed after church today. Maybe you will uh, be like uh, Natalia and leave the corporate world is God calling you to then be a minister to be a church planter to make disciples to have the greatest joy just like Jesus did to sacrifice yes a little but in the kingdom's sake and in heaven and there on the sea of glass to see those you have led for Christ those you have labored for for the ceaseless ages of eternity. What kind of return of investment is that? That is what I hope that each one of you will keep your eye on. Right now, if you are being prompted by the Spirit of God, I invite you to take out your cell phones and dial the instructions here. Text GYC Serve by dialing 313131. You can do that now. And let me just go to that. Sorry, I'm a digital dinosaur. At least that's what my young adult kids call me. Okay, so thank you for those digital natives who help us out. Here on, the, on your phone, you can see when you dealt, uh, if you are answering this call to one of these four initiatives that you heard about during our Sabbath School program today, give your name, your phone number, email, and then you can click... Which, and, uh, which one of these you would like more information about. You'd like to pray for, you'd like to answer the call, you'd like to go, or you'd like to give. You can do that right here. Also, you can then find their links, and you can uh, make that response here. But in my remaining moments, let's pray for God's Spirit upon us now. Our Heavenly Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would just prompt us to answer your call for mission. So be with each one. This is my prayer. In Christ's name, amen.
0: This message was recorded at the GYC 2017 Conference Arise in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www. GYCweb.org